0: feel of the presence of God. Can we just take another moment just to thank the Lord? God, you are so good to us. Lord, we want our hearts to be ready to receive from your word today. We thank you for the the gift of your Holy Spirit that we've already received today through our worship, Lord. God, we're humbled by your presence, Lord. We're in all of your presence, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow, the Lord inhabits the praises of His people, doesn't He? He inhabits the praises of His people, and I'm thankful for that. Where two or three are gathered, the Word of God says that He's there in the midst of them. So, uh, hey, we're at least a couple people here, right, today? So, uh, it's good to see everybody. Um, I appreciate Allison's words this morning as she was having us go around and greet, you know, being Valentine's Day coming up, and uh, the season of love is in the air, and um, I think I said this last week, but... My wife and I wait till April the 15th, because that's when all the candy goes half price. And when you celebrate Valentine's Day, February, what did I say? April, yeah. It's tax day. You can tell it's, it's about that season. February, the uh, well, we're thinking of tax deductions and all that with the kids. But um, <laughs> with, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that now. Candy is half price on February the 15th. And when you celebrate Valentine's Day and love 365 days a year, you don't need a special day, right? Come on now. Guys, you can use that. Your wife will not buy it, but you can use it, okay? You can at least try it. So, um, but anyway, Allison was talking about Valentine's Day, and if you were wearing red to go and hug somebody who's not. And she asked me this morning when she came in for practice, she said, Why aren't you wearing red? It's Valentine's Day. So here's the thing, Allison. I've got all the Carolina blue is all the love in the world. When we beat Duke in one week and the red Carolina, uh, in North Carolina State, you know, blue trumps red any day of the week. So, got my Carolina people here. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> told Allison, I said, thank you so much for giving me an intro today. Now I know uh, how I can have, do, have my transition. It's not quite as good as the Great Britons having the first female outdoor door toilet, but it works. I'm going to ask the ushers if you guys will help me out real quick, if I can get a couple of you to hand these out. I'm going to give you a handout here with what we're talking about today. Thank you, Philip. Matt, will you help out too? Um, we're going to conclude our series today, um, at least this particular one, on who is the Holy Spirit. And um, we have been talking through how our denomination, Foursquare, this year, our focus is uh, Jesus. He is the one who who transforms us. And of course, that's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that Foursquare talks about Jesus Christ. He's our Savior, He's our healer, He's our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and He's our soon coming King. And um, I think we have enough in here today. We may need to do, I don't think we need to do one per family. We should be good. Um, but so he's our Savior. He's our uh, Baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's our Healer. And he's our soon coming King. This year we're focusing in on who the Holy Spirit is, and as I was studying last year, getting ready for this year, we sensed that the two words that God was giving us regarding the Holy Spirit was to be equipped and to be empowered. The equipping comes through knowledge. The equipping comes through the theological side of studying out God's Word and finding out what God's Word says. Not what uh, an interpretation, or I use concordances, I use different speakers, uh, I'll listen to what they have to say. But it's all got to point me back to the Word of God. And so we're gonna, we've are gonna, we been using this as we've talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit through this um, particular series. Because I don't want to misinform anyone what God's Word says. I don't want to put my spin on it. I want to know what does God's Word say about this. So what you're getting now is actually, um, it's a theological study guide that we have as we are licensing ministers. So I had to study this. I had to understand not what four squares necessarily their take on it was, but what their take on it was from God's Word. So that, that's a good thing to have, right? What does God's Word say? So, for example, Matt, when he was just licensed recently, he had to know all of this. So when he went for his license interview, the, uh, the, the pastors that were there, they knew his doctrine was sound. Because any, anybody can be a preacher, you just have to have a message in a mouth. That's all you got. You to just, just speak it out. You can you can preach anything you want to. But what does God's word say? How do we interpret what that says? We want to take it for what it says. Uh, Dean, he's back with the kids. He went through it. And currently, Christian is going through that as well. So you have an excerpt from that that talks about um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So you'll see things in here that are spe- specifically talking to potential pastors. And, and I understand that you're going to read that. But I thought, what a better resource to have. So we're going to refer to this a little bit today. But My intent in giving this to you is, I only have a few minutes to talk about this today. I want you to take this home and I want you to, there's all kinds of scriptures that are referenced here. I want you to look up the scriptures and to determine what I am saying. Is it from God? Is it from his word? Or is it just his opinion on things? And so I love how, and of course, we all know that you can take one scripture out of context. We're going to talk about that today. But there are so many scriptures that are listed in here that are cross-referenced. I just, I wanted you to have this. Uh, But we are, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And for the past, this is the third week. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you're taking notes, we're not going to read all of this today, but we have been going through 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 10, is what we've been doing. Again, I'm not going to read that today. I'm going to um, highlight it for you since we've read it the past really four weeks. But that's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 10. And it talks about all the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to his church so that we can help one another. Um, We know that pastors are a gift to the church. We know that uh, teachers are a gift to the church, and, and you typically see those a little bit more. You're seeing me in front of you today. But every person in here who calls upon the name of the Lord, who is saved, the Holy Spirit has distributed a gift and will distribute a gift as he sees fit. If Matt is in need, then the Holy Spirit will work through me to pray for Matt, to maybe what we'll call give Matt a word to encourage him. If Matt has a sickness, Jesus says in the Bible to lay hands on the sick, and James says it as well, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we understand as we've been studying this, that's not magical powers that I possess. That's them. We see it throughout because he cares about his people. God loves his people. He cares about them. We see it throughout the New Testament where Jesus did it, where his disciples did it. And we're going to see in a few moments where he passed that down to his church. If you are the church, raise your hand. That's everybody in here who's called on Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So the Holy Spirit wants to use you to be a blessing to somebody else. It says right there, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other through this. Here's the gifts. We're going to list nine of them. Wise advice. I love it when people give me wise advice, and it's Holy Spirit, Bible-directed. We're talking about going to two services. I met with the elders and the staff last night. We prayed in here in this sanctuary, and um, we began to talk over some details. But there's so much wise advice that came. I've talked to some of you as well. Wise advice that has been given from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also gives a message of special knowledge. Uh, Another thing that uh, Paul talks about there is great faith. Another gift is the gift of healing. There are times when the we all are supposed to pray for the sick, but this gift of healing is in a moment where you sense the Holy Spirit says, it's time for us to pray for so-and-so because I want to do a work in them. And you pray, and the miracle of God happens. That way we can't take credit for it, right? Which we never should anyway, but we can't take credit for it. Another gift... Uh, the ability to perform miracles, um, which is anything that supersedes the natural. We call it the supernatural. It just doesn't make sense logically or even scientifically, but it's something that only God can do. Another gift is prophecy, And then the two that we're going to talk about today, and we talked about discerning of spirits as well, but the two that we're going to talk about today is the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is said. Now, here's what I have found over my almost 20 years of ministry. Gosh, that makes me sound old doesn't it? Almost 20 years of ministry and um, different, working with different denominations because we know Foursquare, what we believe is we're committed to interdenominational worldwide evangelism. It's not about just us. I've got, so we have this group that meets, I meet with the Presbyterians and the Baptists and we're going to have a sunrise service with them at the park, okay, we're, this will be our third year doing it, so get ready for that, and I know it's crazy because that's the day we're starting two services, what are you thinking, you're insane, absolutely, but this is what we're going to be doing and have the, uh, we'll talk through that before everybody, you know, we're like, oh, how are we going to do that, we're going to do it, the Holy Spirit's going to help us. But within this, and even folks who are in what we'll call Pentecostalism, we're good with the first seven gifts. I need a word from the Lord. I need faith at this moment. I um I I just I need to discern the spirits. What is going on here? Is this from God, or is this of myself, or is this the enemy who's coming at me? But the last two, we get to those and and we can balk at that. Why is it? Because it does seem just absolutely crazy. So I want to examine what the Word of God talks about when... This came about in Acts chapter 2 because there's no argument among any of the denominations that the Holy Spirit came and the believers that were gathered in the upper room began to speak in other tongues, okay? There's no argument to that, uh, at least none that I'm aware of, because it's all recorded here. uh, And the purpose for that that we're going to find is so that Jesus is glorified and so that people are brought into the kingdom of God. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. So there's no argument with the fact that it happened in the Bible. The argument comes, and we're going to address the scripture that talks about tongues will cease. What is that even talking about? Because if the Bible says tongues will cease, then we need to examine that and find all that out. So that's where we're going today. The first seven gifts, yes, bring them on. The last two, oh, let's hold on for a moment, okay? Another word, (coughs) excuse me, another word for tongues is unknown languages. Um, I think where we can get, uh, at least me, I know for me, I can get tripped over that word tongues. That just kind of sounds odd. But when we say unknown languages and 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 bring out that reference i want you to think about it like this if americans speak english if hispanic people speak spanish french people speak french germans speak german right doesn't it make sense that there would be a language that is heavenly The Bible tells us this that we are foreigners here on this earth. We're just journeying until heaven uh, comes, and we have a very important job to do while we're here. So, doesn't it make sense? I'm just, that part I am just throwing out to you, okay? Doesn't that make sense? And I, I want to back that up here in just a few moments. So, we, we know we've heard the word tongues, we've heard unknown languages, we've heard the phrase uh, heavenly language or the language of angels. By the way, if you're taking notes, that's in 1 Corinthians 13.1. 1 Corinthians 13.1 talks about the, the language of, of angels that's there. So, my intention today as we're going through this, I'm not trying to talk you into anything. I mean, I am, but I'm not. Um, I want to open up your understanding to what God's Word says on the subject, okay? So you ready for this? Um, we're ready. I am so excited to speak about this today. I used to get really nervous talking about this, but not anymore. Life changing. And as a matter of fact, here's what I know too. I've been talking to my Baptist pastor friends. Do you remember Mark Ball? He came in here probably about a year ago, something like that, and he was among us, and I was, just, I was talking on the subject this day, and he said, you know, the Baptist church is beginning to embrace this. And he says, we're closer on this than what you think because we understand what Scripture says. I was just talking to another pastor friend of mine who's at a Presbyterian church. And she was talking about how the gift of prophecy is really stretching her because someone in her church has been coming to her talking about the gift of prophecy. And she says, you know what? We didn't study that in seminary. Now my eyes are being opened to what God's word says about it to this whole new world. What does the Bible say? In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. We're in the last days. Have you noticed what's happening in the Middle East? Again, this is not a fear thing. This is an exciting thing. And I know they've always been at war in the Middle East, okay? Things are lining up. The last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. My responsibility is to say, Holy Spirit, it's about bringing people to the kingdom of God. And whatever gift you will use to make that come to pass, use me. Use me. So let's look at what Jesus said about this. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at verses uh, 17 and 18. Again, that's Mark 16, 17, and 18. Because I want to know what Jesus said. Are you with me on that? <laughs> what, did, what did Jesus say? My Bible has the letters in red here. So I want to know what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and this whole thing about a heavenly language. What's this all about according to Jesus? So we're going to look at Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. And here's what he says. This is in the context, by the way, of Jesus saying, Go into all the world and preach the good news, okay? So this is the context. Get people saved. It says in verse um, verse 16 there, Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Okay? So these are the miraculous signs that are going to accompany those who believe. It's a, it's a Bible app. It's reading. It's okay. Um, they will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. Let's keep going. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Now, let's talk about this for a moment, because some of these have been taken out of context. You guys know my whole thing on this whole handling snakes thing. The only snake I'm going to be handling is the one that goes from the back up here to control our sound. That's called a snake. It's called a sound, an audio snake is is that what it's called Tommy it's the snake Jesus here was talking about when you find you're in a situation of danger like Paul was when he was shipwrecked on the island and he was picking up a load of sticks to throw into the fire and a very venomous snake bit him and he shook it off into the fire he was not harmed those particular snakes kill people and then the people started worshiping Paul because they thought he was a god, right? So as Jesus is talking about this, and he's bringing out all these points, they will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They'll be face danger, uh, such as handling snakes with safety. They'll drink anything poisonous, and it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. We see these things happening uh, throughout today even, where people are protected. Are there martyrs in the kingdom of God? Yes, they are. But here's what we know about martyrs. When you read about Stephen in the book of Acts, he was martyred and there was a big revival that happened. When the church is persecuted, the church grows. And here we are in America and we're praying, Lord, don't let us be persecuted. I can't get on board with that. Now, I don't want to be persecuted, all right? Don't, don't torture me, okay? But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? The more the church is being silenced, the more the gospel message is going out. Amen. Yeah, that's amazing. I was going to go somewhere, but we're going to, we're going to keep going with what we have. So some of these miracles have been uh, misinterpreted, but I want to bring this out too as we're starting this. The primary purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses for Jesus, accompanied by power. That's the whole purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I understand that some of us have come from backgrounds, including me, that the background was if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is bad theology. The Bible does say it's an initial sign, that will accompany, okay? But I've, I've known plenty of people, and Dean's not here to tell a story, he's down with the kids, to where he was baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. He prayed, Lord, use me, and, and the Holy Spirit baptized him in that moment, and he was riding his bike one day on the way to work, just praising the Lord, and all of a sudden, he began praising the Lord in a heavenly language. So, uh, I, I want to clear the air up on that, because the primary purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is power to be witnesses for Jesus. And when I began seeking the miracles, when I began seeking even healing above the name of Jesus, my priorities have been misplaced. I'm seeking Jesus and who He is, and He gives the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the way it should be. As we read through Acts Speaking in tongues was and is a preliminary sign of the baptism. So, so we do understand that. I don't want to discount that at all. As a matter of fact, I want you to look on your sheet here at the bottom of page 1, and you'll see in the book of Acts the reception of the spirit baptism was com- commonly accompanied by speaking in tongues. And you see all the references that are there, okay? So go on your own time. I want you to look at those. I, I just want you to understand there is scriptural backing for this, okay? Tons of scriptural backing uh, for this, and it moves on over uh, into the next page as well uh, as we have that there. So, So what am I saying with all this? We don't want to acknowledge the gift of tongues above the Giver, who is the Holy Spirit. We don't want to acknowledge the gift of healing above the Giver, who is the Holy Spirit. I don't want to acknowledge the gift of working of miracles above the Giver, who is the Holy Spirit. It's all about who he is working through me. And as I worship Jesus, as I submit myself to the Lord, he says, hey, you know what? There's a willing vessel that I can go talk to Bob and say, Bob, this is what I sense the Lord is saying. And Bob's been praying about this. And he's saying, Lord, I just need a sign. I need need a word from you, God. And he sends an obedient vessel to speak his word. And what do I do? What do we do? We get to thank Jesus for that. Amen. I love the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptized in power with the evidence of speaking in tongues. There are other languages. So why wouldn't this be the case today? Okay, Because I understand there's an argument uh, that talks about tongues will cease. Well, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13 because I want us to look at this. I want to uh, have clear understanding of what this scripture is saying, and I want you to have that as well. 1 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 8 is where we're going to be. So what about those who say that tongues are not for today, uh, heavenly languages are not for today, they were only for the early church? Um, and, and again, I said at the beginning, the fact that the early church spoke in tongues or a heavenly language, that's not in question, according to really anybody who reads the Bible we're talking today. Well, here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. He says... Um, what I'm going to do is read from the King James New King James Version where it talks about love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Now that's in the Bible, isn't it? Tongues will cease. Also, prophecies will fail. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So let's look at this in context for a moment. We, we read the scripture, tongues cease. If I believe that, then I also have to believe that prophecies have failed. If I believe that, I also have to believe that knowledge has vanished away. If I believe that, I have to, to understand that I know fully now because it says right after that, for we know in part and prophesy in part. So if these things are passing away and we only have a part of what is going on, you see how this is lining up here? That which is perfect is when Jesus returns for His church. Amen. We will be in heaven at that moment. And you know what? We won't need the gift of healing. We won't need the gift of interpretation or, or wisdom or because we will be in the presence of God in that moment. So as you take this in context prophecies and speaking in unknown languages this is new living translation now prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless but love will last forever now our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture but when the time of perfection comes these partial things will become useless the time of perfection has not come look at well I won't say look at your body but assess your health for a moment (laughs) Is it perfect? Now, some of us can say, well, you know, it's not too bad. Right, Clint? It's not too bad. I have not attained perfection. You have not attained perfection. But there's coming a day when Jesus returns and all will be made right. But until then, we minister, how? Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This gift is available to all, to everyone until the day that Jesus Christ returns for his church. Amen. I'm ready for that day, right? That which is perfect has not yet come. That is heaven. I want you to look at um, page 3 on here. And we're just going to reference this, right? You're not going to have a whole lot of time to read through this, at least not right now. And question four, it talks about the purpose of speaking in tongues. There's all kinds of... We are going to reference this through the rest of the message, though, uh, as we're right here. But again, you see the scriptures that are listed, and there are a ton more, right? Even this is just a sampling of what's there. But I want us to open some of these up. We understand that as the people received the baptism or the gift of the Holy Spirit, as it talks about in Acts chapter 2, there was this heavenly language that happened. Now, let's look at this, okay? We're getting ready to... uh, shift gears as as we call it right i mean racing starts today they shift a lot of gears who's excited for that go home and turn on all the race people in here you ready cam danny eric all my racing people mike you'll be gone next week right so uh, let's shift gears here for a moment there are four reasons given for unknown languages okay We're, we're opening this up what are the four reasons given for unknown languages they are in two categories. That's almost like Spock, isn't it? Live long and prosper. There are four languages broken into two categories. <laughs> My mother-in-law's just shaking her head at me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not only her. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I get that a lot. What do you do? Let's first look at the public use of this, Okay. Let's look at the public use of why in the world there would be uh, a need for this. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Turn there with me. I want you to see this with your eyes, right? Again, my day, my, my purpose today is not necessarily to try to talk you into anything uh, without showing you the truth of God's word. And if I can show you the truth of God's word and you pray about it and seek the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that's what I'm talking about today. Acts 2 chapter 2 verse 4 we see that the first reason that is public is to communicate the gospel to unbelievers and let's see how this happened okay this happened in acts chapter 2 verse 4 and everyone present was filled with the holy spirit and began speaking in other languages as the holy spirit gave them this ability you see that who gave them this ability the holy spirit did at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So let's set this up real quick. What they were hearing is people speaking their languages, okay? It goes on, They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking our native languages. Here we are, and he goes through Parthians, Medes, Elamites, People from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the rest of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. So here's all these people, and we hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, I've heard of stories of missionaries who have been in foreign countries, and God gave them this ability to speak the other language. Um, You've probably heard of it too, right? Some of you may have heard of that before. How can that be explained other than the power of the Holy Spirit? Because I grew up speaking Southern. (laughs) Then I married an Ohio girl, and a lot of that Southern, I was picking with, you know, Jean here a few weeks ago about her Southern accent and all that kind of stuff. I've... It's, it's in here. It is in me, you know. It's, it, I can get it going, too. So, um, but I speak Southern. So if I'm to go away uh, to another country, and the Lord wants to reveal His glory to this people, to bring honor to His name, He can do that, and He has done that. So that's what this first area is talking about. To communicate the gospel to believers. So that's a public reason that this gift of other languages was given, okay? Let's look at the second thing that comes in a public arena, why this gift would be given. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. um first corinthians verse 14. let's go to verse 6 and then we'll get to verse 5 here in just a moment um verse 6 says this dear brothers and sisters if i should come to you speaking in an unknown language how would that help you but if i bring a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching that will be helpful Even lifeless instruments like the flute of the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? Uh, Let's keep going. It's the same for you. If you speak... Uh, To people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking to an empty space. Now, it almost sounds like I'm talking myself out of this, doesn't it? Well, let's keep going and see what Paul says here. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have special abilities that the Spirit gives, gives, seek those that will strengthen uh, the whole church. I'm going to stop there just for a moment. Having read that, where it sounds like Paul is saying, you know what, tongues are great and everything, but people need to understand you, yeah? Well, we're talking about a public use for that. So so let's back up to verse uh, verse 5 here. What does he say? He says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, right? So that's a desire that he has. I wish you all could, but even more, I wish you could prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So, Paul is not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. He's saying, yes, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but more so I wish you would prophesy, unless there is someone there who can interpret what was just being said. For those of you who grew up in Pentecostalism, you probably experienced this, where there would be a word given that was just, what in the world are they talking about? Right, And then there was an interpretation that came. Without the interpretation, it throws people into confusion what in the world are they saying they didn't have a spirit come on them <laughs> and i don't think it was the holy spirit but no when the interpretation is given the church is edified through that right that's another public use and we'll see this um you know occasionally that will happen it's happened here a couple of times um but but again i do go back to what paul says but prophesy so that people are encouraged because if i gave this whole message to you in german today one that would be a miracle even though i have german roots that would be a total miracle because i think the only thing i know is nine and that's no right nine that's about the only thing i can tell you um that would be a miracle within itself but i want to speak with the understanding so that the church is edified so again The strengthen of the believers that is public, if there is a word that is given in tongues, there had better be someone there who can interpret what is being said. Otherwise, it's just confusion and you just talk to the Lord, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that either, right? I want us to look now at this. Let's look at the private ability that the holy spirit gives when we're talking about heavenly language because this is the beautiful part of this whole thing yes we want to bring people to jesus if we're ever on a mission field and we need to get the gospel across holy spirit um i'm not sure what to do here there is no interpreter the holy spirit can miraculously work or even in a setting like this he can do his thing among us but but this is what i love the private use that is given go ahead and turn to we're in first corinthians 4 already Um, Let's look back at verse 4. Okay, So we just read after that, but we're backing up to see the context that Paul is given. 1 Corinthians 14.4 This gift is given to strengthen ourselves. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. That's what Paul says. Now he didn't say... If you are, he doesn't say, you know, just for right now for the New Testament church or anything like that. He says, a person who. That is implying that if you speak in tongues, you're strengthened personally, personally. But the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Well, we're focusing on ourselves at this moment because we need to be strengthened. He goes on to say things like this: pray in the spirit and pray with the understanding. Let me make this really practical here for you for a moment. There are times that I have found that I have no idea how to pray. I just found out some really bad news or direction for the church, and I'm like, I don't even know how to pray. Because if I end up praying my will, then (laughs) what good does that do? I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. And the Bible says, I believe it's in Matthew, and again, this is on your sheet that you'll have there as you study through this, that there are times that the Holy Spirit will pray through you to strengthen you because I don't know what I need to pray. With groanings that cannot be uttered, Romans 8.26, uh, the Spirit will pray through you. That was Romans 8.26. Thank you, Miss Vicky, for that reference. There are times I just don't know how to pray. There's times, parents, I don't know how to pray over my boys. You know, those times we pray, Lord, I need your grace, because if you give me strength, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) But I need to pray in the Holy Spirit, and then say, okay, Lord, what is it that you just prayed? But even in those moments, even if I don't know what's being said, in my spirit, I am being refreshed. Why is that? Because the Word of God says so. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. That's what that's talking about um pray in the spirit when you don't know what to pray because sometimes you just don't know pray in the understanding when you do know what to pray for right pray in the spirit pray with understanding the gift is a blessing from god that is nurturing and practical again there's some scriptures there for you jude, uh first corinthians 14 3 uh jude uh, chapter 20 and that that's all on page 3, question 4, that, that you will see there. Paul goes on to say that we just read, I would like for every one of you to speak in tongues. Why is that? So that you are encouraged. You ever, anybody ever been discouraged? You just can't get out of the funk, you know? Maybe you're here today and you just, I just can't get out of this cloudy, foggy, rainy day. Just can't get out of it. What does Paul say? Pray in the Spirit. Let him... Pray through you. So that leads us to to the last point. Another reason for the private use of this, to personally communicate with God. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Um, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, what should I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in words that I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words that I do not understand. Communicating personally with God is a worthy expression of praise to God, and you know who can't intercept this—the enemy. He can't intercept that, because who are you praying to at that moment? I am praying to God. My heart is being exposed to God, and you know, I just—I need to pray to Him at this moment. I don't need there to be an interception of my prayers, uh, so that the enemy can take it. And you, oh, so you're struggling with that, are you, Giles? Aha. You know, I don't want that going on. There's sometimes I just need to, Holy Spirit, pray through me. I want to communicate to my Lord. So it's a worthy expression of praise to God. The scripture references, again, you have on your sheet, question 3, page 4, Acts 2, 1 Corinthians 14, all that's there. This gift also, and communication to God, it assists us to pray according to the will of God. When we were talking about going into two services here, I can tell you there's a whole lot of praying in the Spirit, because I know what it's going to bring. I've been a part of two services before. I know the workload that's going to come with that. I fully understand what it's going to put on you as well. But I also know this, as I began to pray, the Spirit of God gave us just this peace, which surpasses all understanding that guarded my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. And so when we began to talk about this last Sunday, hey, we're going to two services. It was like, hey, we're going to two services. And then, okay, here's the workload. And you're like, oh, we're going to two services, you know. But then as we began to pray, we're like, you know what? We're making room because God is sending us people. I can't explain the growth that is happening other than God bringing people to us, preparing us, because here's what I do know. There is a harvest of lost souls coming I am so thankful for church growth and, you know, the people who are moving in. I was just talking to Brandon and his parents today. They're visiting from uh, Missouri and, and all that. And so we have young people who are moving here for work and they, they've served Jesus and all that. But God is sending us these folks to, they're going to begin using their giftings, right? So that as the lost people come into abundant life, we can lead them to Jesus and then help them grow. And then there's going to be people that we send out of here. Go do your work. Go do what God has called you to do. And we're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray over them. We're going to prophesy over them. And they're going to go win other people to Jesus. You know, I I really don't like it when our college kids leave. Why is that? Because of the relationship. But you know what? Once we have raised them up, you know, with our kids' ministry and Matt and Jen with our youth ministry, teaching them the Word of God so that when they go away, like Brandon went away, Wyatt who comes here, he went away, you know, they they are able to thrive. So what are we doing here at Abundant Life? We are training up the next generation so that if they leave our nest then they take the gospel with them. They go to other churches who say, you know what, we've been praying for someone just like you to use the gift that God has given you so that people come to Jesus. How does that happen? Because we pray. We seek God prayed a whole lot in the spirit and what is god doing he's showing us his will you see what this has done you see the encouragement that this has given abundant life it assists us to pray according to the will of god all the references that are there on page three question four romans eight twenty-six. that's what vicki just referenced uh, for us first uh, corinthians 14 and, and all that again sometimes you just don't know but here's what i want to assure you of matter of fact can you stand for a moment because I want you to all look at me whenever I say this, and I want you to understand the importance of of what I'm going to say here. Give you a moment to get settled. Everybody get your jackets all uh, in order, collar straight, you know, all the sorting that you have to do. I want you all to look at me just for a moment. God wants to communicate to you. And he can do that in English. Yeah. But he can also do that through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing. So not only does God want to communicate to you, he wants to communicate through you. And me being a person who wants to bring the word of truth, I've got to find out what that is. And sometimes that involves me early in the morning, maybe I'm still laying in bed, and I begin praying in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need your strength today. Lead me. Matter of fact, I don't even know what to pray, so I began praying in the Spirit. And then he reveals things to me, and I begin praying in the understanding. Lord, I thank you that you're having me pray for the Pletcher's today. Lord, I believe that you're sending me. I have this meeting that I have to go to that's downtown. And God, I I just have this sense that you have an appointment set up there for me besides the one that I'm going to. And how did all that come? Being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And the language that he has given so here's what I want us to do we're closing out these series this series here and I've encouraged you to open yourselves up to allow the Holy Spirit to use you so here's how we're going to break this up today okay I'm ending early for this very reason um, we're going to have get back to my notes here real quick we're going to have the foxes in here the Nicklos up front the Wilhelms are going to be here as well down front to pray and Maybe you're you're just like, you know, I need to open up myself to the work of the Holy Spirit so that he can speak a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or, or, or to lead people to Jesus, to give me that special faith, to lead people to Jesus. We call this being baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's specifically what you want to do. Holy Spirit, baptize me. It is separate from salvation. Yes, when you are saved, the Spirit of God comes in you, right? You have the Holy Spirit when you are saved. But the overflow is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, not is it just a me thing? Now, all of a sudden, I am overflowing. Here's the thing, and this is not a cocky statement that I'm making today, okay? But today, the message that I am bringing is the overflow of the Holy Spirit because He has filled me. I have prayed, I've had to pray, I've had to work. It's not a natural thing that comes, it is the overflow, and the Holy Spirit wants to overflow through you. You've been filled. Praise God for that. But what about the overflow? God, please use me this week. So I want you to come down here when we dismiss, okay? We're going to dismiss. This is going to be a your own time thing, okay? That's a challenge to you this morning. I want you to come down, allow them to pray for you. The other group, I want to talk specifically about this, what we were mentioning today, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, you know, I, I feel that that... That's an evidence that's there that I want to receive. That's a gift that I want. And what we're going to have, as a matter of fact, the starrings are going to go ahead and head over to the office building. So if you go out and go to the left, it's the building over here. They're going to get that unlocked. And the stoves are going to wait in the back, kind of off to the left side outside. And I want you to go over with them, okay, and say, you know what, I, w- I want to receive this gift because I've heard a lot about it. And we're going to open that up for you today. Why are we not making a display of this? You know, if you were raised in Pentecostalism, people come down to the front and there was, you know, rejoicing and all that. And, you know, I believe some more teaching needs to happen. And this is not a display about what we're doing. This is a display for Jesus and who he is. So as we're dismissed today, if you're not coming down front for either of these things, take a few moments to pray on your own, okay? And then you'll be dismissed. I'm going to go ahead and go to the back here and I'll be able to greet you on your way out. But I want you to take advantage. As a matter of fact, the elders who are staying in here, the Foxes, the Nicklos, the Wilhelms, if you'll come on up front here and just be ready to pray. Um, receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you. And here's something that the Holy Spirit told me a couple weeks ago, and I'm, I'm ending on this. He told me this a couple weeks ago, because as a preacher, you want everybody and their brother to respond. You want to see the altars flooded and people crying and having an experience with Jesus, you know. And a few people come down, and that's great, right, because the Holy Spirit's doing His work. But here's what I want you to understand. The Holy Spirit says, you do your job, and let me do my job, is what the Holy Spirit is saying, okay? So this is what I want to bring to your attention. If you feel a stirring in your heart today, that is the Holy Spirit stirring you. And if you feel an argument going on in your head that I'm not going to be going down there. Yes, you are. I just, it's just not, that's just not something for me. Well, maybe it is. You know what? You're arguing with the Holy Spirit. So I want, you to, I want to encourage you, come on down. And if there's more prayer, that matter of fact, if there's, if there's like 100,000 people that come down here and need <gasps> prayer. We don't have quite that many in here. But, you know, you guys be ready. To just, if you see a need and you can pray for people. I'm specifically looking at these guys here, but any of you, we can pray, okay? Does that sound good? All right. I'm going to close this out in prayer real real quick, and then I'm going to run to the back. (laughs) Running in church? Yeah, no. I'm going to go to the back real quick just to greet the rest of you, but let's respond to the Lord today, okay? Symbolically, will you do this with me? Just turn your hands up to the Lord today. Holy Spirit, we want to receive all that you have for us. God, anoint us this week to bring the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. And the way that you're going to do that is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we open ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you want to receive prayer in here today, please do so. If you want to discover more about this language, please head next door. I'll see you at the back. We love you. God bless you.